everyone! Welcome back to Capes and Japes. Um, I forgot- this is our second episode that we're recording while we're both 30. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Your favorite comic book podcast hosted by two 30-year-old arrow aces. Because <laughs> if there's another one of those, that would be whack. I mean, look, if we add in the autistic part, I don't know if that makes yeah. it more or less likely. <laughs> I mean, I would say the... Um, the there's probably a higher percentage of autistics in the comic book podcast recording sphere than there are in like the general population of earth um just by number take or a, by percentage by percentage there are, that would be no by i mean the the ratio, I was trying to find a word like proportion or ratio earlier, and I, <laughs> I mean, just I don't, completely I don't failed. Know, I don't know. It, there could be aliens recording podcasts. We would have no there way of be, knowing. There could be autistic aliens recording podcasts, and they just want to talk about comic books. And I think that that's really valid of them. And people are like, why are all the aliens autistic? And it's like, no, no, those are just the ones that we see because they're putting out podcasts. Yeah, because they had to talk about how much they enjoy Earth comic books, and I think we should support them. God, honestly, now I'm just imagining an alien special interest being Earth comic books. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> this is the part of the podcast where we reveal we've actually just been aliens the whole time. Um, we just really enjoy Earth comics. Do we? All Do the we? time we're talking about how much we hate comic books. Yeah. No, that's the thing. I mean, listen, sometimes you have a special interest and you feel complicated about it. <laughs> but, my God, you sure have spent a lot of hours of your life talking about it. And, and ours are, most of them are recorded. I mean, most of them yeah. while we are talking to each other. Yes. Since, I mean, since the, the first however many hours it were was that I told you about the Robins, after that, most of the hours were recorded. Um, What a journey God. it's been. What a, who, what a journey it's been. Who, who are we talking about today? Next? Are they perhaps oh, autistic or an alien? Well, <laughs> not alien. Jury's out on the first one. I would say no, but you know, everybody can have their own interpretation. Um anyways, since we were talking uh about one of the breakout stars of uh across the Spider-Verse, Spider-Punk, um I thought we should probably cover uh one of the other breakout stars of Across the Spider-Verse, Miguel O'Hara. Uh, Spider-Man 2099, um, who has a, a very different history than Hobie does. Um, sort not unique exactly, but, um, different from characters like Spider-Punk or Spider-Gwen 
who were created specifically for the Spider-Verse crossover. Um, Miguel is a character who already existed prior to that, uh, who they brought in to the Spider-Verse event in, like, 2015, uh, as, like, and here's another Spider-Man. Um, Miguel was created in 1992, um, as part of the Marvel 2099 initiative, where the idea was, uh, they were going to set, uh, have a bunch of comics that were set uh a hundred years in the future <laughs> technically like 106 <laughs> years in the future but roughly initially they yeah um initially because it was like they were working on it in 92 and then it was coming out in 93 so they were gonna call it marvel 2093 um and that's not catchy yeah exactly that's i for I think they somewhat wisely decided that, like, 2099 was more iconic and kind of, like, futuristic sounding. Um, Especially because, like, a lot of people in 1999 were gearing up for, like, the turn of the millennia, right? So it's like, yeah. what if we tap into that energy several years early? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, They really... uh, they really had their finger on the pulse in that sense. Um, so the, uh, initial concept was, uh, Stan Lee's idea. And, uh, he was writing, I think, a book about a new character that was created for 2099. Um, and then other books were written by different writers, uh, when they, launched it it was uh spider-man doom and punisher and then as it became more successful they added uh x-men fantastic four i think the fantastic four one was like it was like the original fantastic four but they had traveled to this future makes Um, sense fantastic four is always doing weird stuff like that yeah And also the Doom one was, like, I think it was kind of, like, ambiguous throughout the series. Like, is this, like, actually Victor Von Doom or is this some other guy, like, using the name Doom? Um, And then it turned out to be actually Victor Von Doom and he just, you know, did a bunch of magic and science to himself to make himself (laughs) live for another hundred years. Um, Good for him. Yeah. No, we're all we're all happy for him. Um so out of all of these titles, uh Spider-Man was definitely the most successful. Uh which is not surprising. <laughs> Cuz Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Yeah, it's Spider-Man. Uh he's Marvel's most popular character. Even this version that's not Peter Parker is still going to be like people are like going to be really into Spider-Man. Um so Miguel is really the one who's had, like, the most presence outside of this, uh, initial, like, Marvel 2099 run. Um, eventually they, uh, 
So what happened with uh, Marvel 2099 is they fired the editor who was like overseeing sort of the line. Uh, and then most of the writers ended up uh, quitting in solidarity because <laughs> they were mad about the editor being abruptly fired. And then they were like, uh, okay, and tried to bring on, like, new writers to kind of, like, wrap things up. And then pretty much everything ended up getting canceled. Um, hmm. It's almost as if you should treat your employees with respect. Yeah. Interesting. interesting. How many times do we have to teach you this lesson, old man? <laughs> Literally. <laughs> that is exactly what it is to be reading comics. Um, since then, they've had, uh, a couple returns to it. There have been, like, some miniseries, uh, and some, like, occasionally, like, when Miguel has come back and had, like, a, you know, solo series or whatever, they'll, like, you know, be other elements of the 2099 world in there. Um, but... Yeah, Miguel is really the only part of it that has, like... Staying power? Real, Yeah, it's, like, significant uh, staying power. Um, I mean, look at him. Look at him! He's a scary vampire Spider-Man! Um, it's also, like, confusing a little bit because uh, it was, like, initially just kind of, like, here's, like, a hypothetical future... And then at some point it was, like, revealed to be, like, this is the future of the current Marvel universe. But then that's, like, a really hard thing to, like, set in stone because, you know, of the way that time travel in the future works. Um, so it, it's sort of weird. It's, like, sometimes it's identified as, like, its own, like, Earth under, like, the Marvel-like Earth numbering code. Earth 2099? Yeah. Sometimes it's not. There's also been, like... I don't know if that's the actual number, but (laughs) it would make sense. (laughs) Yeah. I think I... It's been called a few different things. And then another confusing part of it is that they've done, like, a couple sort of, like, miniseries or arcs that are, like, in a similar universe that's, like, called, like, 2099, but it, and has, like, some of the same characters, but it's, like, an alternate version of this alternate future. Um, so, just a lot, I mean, as always happens when you have future time travel stuff involved, just a lot of confusion. The Um, thing about comics is, like, the most canon things are the things that you believe in. That's, yeah, whatever is canon in your heart is what canon is. Because there's too much contradictory stuff happening, so just go with whatever makes you feel good. Yeah, exactly. That's, if you, truly if you take nothing away from this podcast about reading comics, take that. But, uh... Our friend Miguel, um, so Spider-Man 2099 was, uh, written by Peter David and drawn by Rick Leonardi, um, and the two of them together came up with, like, largely the concept for it. Uh, 
Peter David, very prolific writer, uh, known, <laughs> most known to me for, uh, being the writer who had Richter and Shatterstar kiss for the first time. Um, <laughs> but I guess he did some other stuff. Thank you, Peter David, for your service. <laughs> Thank you, Peter David, for that, for me specifically. Um, so, uh, a big, big part of the, uh, concept for 2099 is that this is a somewhat dystopian future where, uh, the country is basically being run by these mega corporations. Oh, um, sure, you, the future. Yeah, if you can imagine such a thing. Um, so, uh, our friend Miguel um is a uh an employee of Alchemax, which is one of these uh mega corporations. He uh grew up with his uh mom and his younger brother Gabe. Um he his father was abusive uh i think partly because his uh it's not his biological father his mother had an affair um and i think uh her husband is taking that out on his family which uh is no good um sucks yeah sucks but also Uh, and comics books man can you have a good dad can you have one good dad, one good alive dad? Superman. Superman. All we get. <laughs> Superman, great dad, almost impossible to kill. <laughs> um, so he, uh, grows up a little bit more difficult than, uh, Peter Parker does. Um, he's kind of abrasive. A little arrogant. He has a problem with authority. Um, I wonder he, why. I wonder why this would happen. Um, he attends. Uh, Alchemax has like taken over the former Xavier School and turned it into like an Alchemax school where they basically uh, like train people to eventually work for their company. Um, so but, uh, school. Yeah, so school. <laughs> um, but he, uh, while he's there, he meets uh, some other characters who will become, who end up being recurring characters in uh, his life and the comic. Um, Sheena Kwan, um, a girl his own age who's also there at the Alchemax school who, um, becomes his, like, on-again, off-again love interest. Um, Cron Stone. Uh. All right. Who is, yeah, uh, who is the son of Tyler Stone, who's, uh, an Alchemax, like, the lead of R&D at Alchemax. Um, and also Tyler Stone himself becomes, like, kind of a, a recurring character. Cronstone, at some point, um, also becomes Venom, uh, so... Good for him. 
yeah, you know, sometimes this is, listen, sometimes if you bully a guy who will become Spider-Man, you will become a Venom. It is the way of things. Yeah. Um, So, uh, Sheena is also the one who uh, programs uh, the uh, AI for Miguel's apartment, whose name is Lila, who uh, also made an appearance in Across the Spider-Verse and was one of my favorite parts. I think she rules. Unsurprisingly. Um, unsurprisingly. What what could be better than an AI companion? What if the AI companion had big heart-shaped sunglasses? Um, so, uh, the events that lead to Miguel becoming Spider-Man. Uh, he is successful at the, uh, Alchemax academy he goes on to work for them um and becomes head of their genetics division where they are studying uh ways to create superpowered uh humans which will then be used uh to act as basically private police for these corporations um, for once, um, they're not using Steve Rogers as their model and trying to recreate <laughs> Super Serum. Um, are they Miguel's, trying to recreate Spider-Man? They're trying to create Spider-Serum. Well, I don't think the whole, like, company is trying to, but Miguel specifically, um, is interested in, like, the history of Spider-Man and is trying to figure out how to recreate that um he has uh an experiment go wrong um classic and yeah uh well he he's gonna have a few experiments go wrong the first one an experiment goes wrong a test subject dies he tells tyler stone who is now his boss uh that he wants to resign because uh he was very upset by that person dying, um, and he doesn't really want to pursue this research anymore. Um, and t- Tyler Stone, um, reasonable man that he is, uh, instead drugs him um, with an extremely addictive drug called Rapture. Um, that just sends you straight to heaven body and all yeah um alchemax is the only company that uh is legally producing and distributing it um so tyler's like well you're addicted now uh so you have to get this drug from us and if you leave you will need to keep getting this drug and, uh, we're not going to sell it to you, and if you try to get it somewhere else, it'll be illegal, and we'll know, and you'll go to prison. So, you can't quit. <laughs> um. Man, corporations which, will do anything, huh? Just, just anything. First they tried company towns, now they're doing company drugs. Company drugs. Um, so, Miguel's response to this 
being understandably, uh, pretty unhappy <laughs> with this turn of events, um, is that he, um, he knows that there is a copy of his DNA on file from when they were, like, first starting their genetic experiments. And he's like, okay, I can use our, uh, like, genetic test machines to rewrite my DNA with my previous DNA, which will not be addicted to this drug. Because Rapture is like... Why oh, would a okay. drug change your DNA? Technically, Rapture genetically bonds to the user. I don't know... Weird. What that, okay, yeah. sure, thanks, comics. <laughs> Yeah, no, they're it's like, It's not <laughs> enough to block a dopamine receptor. You gotta bond to the DNA. You gotta get in there in the DNA. Um, so he, he goes to do that. Um, and then, because everybody at this company is out to get him for some reason, one of the other scientists- It's because he's who- in a Spider-Man comic. <laughs> It's cause it, yeah, it's because he's in the Spider-Man comic. It's because he's about to be Spider-Man. Um, yeah. One of the other scientists who is working for him uh, hates him and finds out that he's doing this um, and sabotages the equipment uh, so that instead of re- rewriting Miguel's genes with his uh, previous genes, it'll be 50% Miguel's genes and 50% Spider DNA. Um, he just turns into a spider. He just turns into a big spider. And the guy's like, oh my god, that's so fucked up and scary. Why'd I do that? <laughs> um, and then he dies because he can't get enough oxygen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, horrifying. Anyways, that's Miguel O'Hara. <laughs> um, and then when they reboot it, it's much less weird. um yes so he with his 50 percent 50 percent spider dna gets spider-man powers Um, also i find it so funny that this guy's like i'm not gonna make it so that it just doesn't work at all i'm gonna i'm gonna put spider dna in there half spider dna it's like what was he just like spinning a wheel of like DNA samples? <laughs> yeah, he just like reached into the fucking cryo tube of DNA, the fucking like Jurassic Park, pulled out, grabbed some eggs. He just got whatever the first one was. He's like, I'm just gonna jam that in there. Um, anyways, it gives Miguel Spider-Man powers. Um, he does not have the uh exact same uh powers as peter parker spider-man or like most other spider-mens um he does have uh he has webs he has like uh organic webs that like come out of his wrist rather than you know the web shooters that peter originally builds himself um then sam raimi is like i have an idea (laughs) Yeah, I have a great idea. Um, he has obviously, uh, enhanced 
senses, enhanced agility, enhanced speed and strength and healing and endurance and all of that stuff. Um, he Also, he has to eat bugs. He has to eat bugs. Um, it's very yucky. Uh, he does not have a spider sense. Um, but inconvenient. he does... <laughs> inconvenient. He does have, like, very, very, uh, acute senses, which, like, are, like, almost as good. He ha- his eyes, his eyes can, like, zoom in on things. Oh, God. <laughs> which is so funny for me to think about. It's just, like, enhance. Enhance. <laughs> and, uh... The most notable things that distinguish him from, uh, regular Spider-Man and, uh, the things that so much of the Spider-Verse fandom have really latched onto, um, is he has, uh, like, retractable talons on his hands and feet, um, that he uses to, uh, climb things as well as, like, being able to you know, cause, uh, severe slashing damage. Um, like, unclear what they're actually made of. They're extremely strong and very sharp. Um. Super keratin. Super keratin. Um, and he also produces, uh, venom and can bite people with his actual mouth and his actual teeth. Um, he gets very pointy, like, vampire-like teeth, um, that he can use to bite people and, uh, inject them with venom. (laughs) Not venom the guy, just lowercase v, venom, the substance that spiders have. Um, so, uh, the talons are retractable, the teeth he has all the time. Um, so he is constantly trying to, uh, disguise the fact that he has pointy, pointy vampire teeth. Um, and, uh, yeah, he, uh, realizes that, uh, he has great power and with that, uh, must come great responsibility. Um, he... Initially is just kind of, uh, trying to figure out how to reverse this, um, which I can't really blame him for, um, because, you know, some of these powers are intentionally kind of upsetting, um, but, uh, as, uh, this story progresses, he realizes that he's like, wow, actually... Uh, these corporations have extremely fucked up the Earth, and I should not have been working for Alchemax to begin with, uh, and I need to use my powers to, uh, try and fight, fight against the corporations, but, uh, specifically Alchemax, and especially specifically, uh, Tyler Stone, who, um, has, you know, like, a personal vendetta against- He doesn't realize that Spider-Man is Miguel, but he's extremely mad that there is a Spider-Man flying around, uh, fucking shit up, so he is, uh, you know, 
very determined to eliminate him. Um, so some of the, uh, various plot threads, um, involve, uh, Miguel's relationship with his mom, which had grown kind of strained after, uh, Miguel was working for Alchemax and trying to kind of, like, patch that up. Um, his relationship with his brother, who I think... <laughs> In the in the classic mold of comic book siblings, does become a supervillain at some point. Um, but that might be in one of the like later stories. Um his uh relationship with uh Sheena. He also has um another love interest, a woman named Dana, um, who I think possibly ends up getting killed, uh, so sorry to Dana, um, but that's, that's comics, um, there is, uh, mentioned at some point, um, Tyler Stone's son, Kron, becomes Venom, uh, at some point, Miguel also discovers that, uh, Tyler Stone is his biological father um that's the man that his uh mom had an affair with uh so no wonder she was like i've i you probably shouldn't be working at alchemax i don't i think that is a bad idea um he um there's also an ongoing thing about um this group called the Thorites, who are a, um, a group that, like, worships Thor, um, and is awaiting, like, Thor's return to Earth, uh, and sees Miguel's presence as, like, you know, oh, like, superheroes are back, like, this is a sign that Thor's going to be coming back, so that's, like, a, uh, recurring kind of plot thread um at uh he also has um some you know obviously uh crossover with the other various 2099 heroes um there's a one shot because like this was the most popular book there's a one shot where he like switches places with present-day Spider-Man, um, and the two of them have to figure out how to get back to their own times, uh, and then they also encounter another, uh, another version of Spider-Man from 2211, um, okay, who, uh, shows up for the first time here, and then I think might show up again uh, at a couple points, um, after, uh, the editor is, uh, fired, uh, Joey Cavalieri is his name, um, after the editor is fired and most of the writers quit, the sort of last big story that they do in kind of an attempt to revitalize the line after most of the writers have quit is a story where, uh, Doom takes over the United States, 
Um, and does, like, it's sort of better than it was before. I was gonna say, like, he knows how to run a country, and he from knows what how I to run a tell, Latverians are like, yeah, Doom's great to us. Yeah, exactly, and, like, he's, like, not a fan of, like, the, how things are going with these corporations, so it's, like, seems to be ultimately a move in a positive direction. Um, Doom's like, ugh, back in my day, this yeah. never would have happened. Yeah. Um, Hate to say it, but really did go downhill after the Fantastic Four all died in that terrible fire. <laughs> Don't ask me I... how the Human Torch dies in a fire. <laughs> I thought it was weird, too. Um, after, uh, once Doom takes over, Miguel ends up becoming the CEO of Alchemax. Um, which is a very, like, it's good now because a guy we like is in charge of it. It's like, no, you should just get rid of the company. Um, but I think that's largely uh, a failure in imagination of comic book writers more than anything else. Got like, I, I saw a review of Barbie where the Barbie movie where they were like, this is the most feminist a movie can get before people start to get scared. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like comics are kind of the same way. They get to a certain point and then they start to get scared. Yes. Yes, and it's not, like, yes. individual writers or whatever. It's just, like, the machine as a whole. Yeah. No. Absolutely agree. Um, so, uh, that's close to the end of the original Spider-Man 2099 run. Um, a couple more things happen. There's something about, uh, there's a, a new, <laughs> a descendant of Namor whose name is Roman. Um, of course. Who, yeah, shows up and causes trouble, and then it's like, oh, Alchemax has been, like, bioengineering, like, an Atlantean army. It's like, of course they were. Anyways, um, so after that, um, Miguel shows up in some, like, one-shots and stuff, and then he ends up, uh, being, he shows up in current day in, like, the present timeline during the Superior Spider-Man era, uh, with the reveal that, uh, Tyler Stone found a way to send him back in time and strand him there, and now he needs to find a way to get back to 2099. Um, and then he is stuck in the present for a while, um... <laughs> He has a, the good um, thing about time travel is if you figure out how to get back, you could just go to a certain point. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, so it, it's good for the timeline, but also it's probably not good for you emotionally to spend. No, no, a his lot mental health is probably not doing great. Yeah. Um. So he's there for the end of the Superior Spider-Man era, and Peter getting his body back. From Doc Ock. Um, Miguel is like, this is so weird. This is so weird. They actually, they have an exchange where Peter explains to him what happened. He's like, sorry, I was kind of a, like a jerk to you. It wasn't me. That was Doc Ock and my body. And Miguel's like, 
I, that's honestly too stupid to be a lie. So I do believe you. (laughs) Um, and, uh, he, uh, is there as it kind of rolls into the Spider-Verse storyline where he obviously plays a significant role along with a bunch of the other various spider people. Um, Again, uh, the plot of Spider-Verse, the comic book storyline, involves um, evil wizards, (laughs) and I don't understand it a whole lot, so not going to get into a whole lot of that. Um, Look, wizards are trying to kill all the spider people because it'll fuck up a spider god. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, as part of the various goings-on in Spider-Verse, he ends up going back to 2099, and he has to, like, fight Tyler Stone there, and, like, fight some other guys, and then Punisher 2099 shows up to help them. Um, and, uh, after that, he seemingly goes back to his own timeline, uh, and then ends up in, like, an evil... Worse alternate version of 2099 that's been, like, taken over by, like, an evil Hulk. Um, Skull. And he, yeah, he has to escape, but he's not able to escape back to the real 2099. He goes back to present day Earth. Um, again. So, uh, while he's stuck there again, Peter, uh, gives him a job at the newly created, uh, Parker Industries, um, and he has, um, a romance with a character named Tempest, who, uh, is, I think, created for this story, um, who, uh, like, seemingly dies at the start of, like, his, this sort of arc, and then it's, like, revealed that she's, like, actually alive, and he has to find her, and then it, there's a, a lot, I, it, it seems like she's, like, seemingly dead and alive many times, but, uh, he gets his own, I think, like, his own solo book that's set in, it's Spider-Man 2099, but it's set in the present, uh, while he's just you know, having his, his various, uh, adventures. Um, he, uh, does go back to 2099 at some point for part of it. Um, he, like, teams up with, uh, Captain America 2099, who's a woman named, uh, Roberta Mendez. Um, and it's like, they go to 2099 and then they come back. Um, there's a storyline about, uh, the fist, which is, like, an offshoot of the hand, but <laughs> worse. I'd um, say. Yeah. What's worse than a hand? Fist. I mean, um, a hand can do a lot of things. A fist can mostly just, you know, hit things or play rock, paper, scissors poorly. Yes. Um, at the end of this book, he, uh is killed by Tempest, who is 
alive, but was, like, at some point, like, programmed with, like, a sleeper agent protocol to attack Miguel. Um, so she, uh, stabs him, seemingly kills him, and then he gets zapped back to 2099 and, uh, revived by Doctor Strange 2099 and, uh, Roberta Mendez, Captain America. Um, so that was, uh... You know, maybe this Thor cult doesn't look that bad, because a lot of these guys are popping up now. Yeah, maybe, you know what, maybe we should listen to the Thor cult. Um, so that was pretty recent, so I think Do you think the Thor cult has, like, some sort of meta-knowledge? They're like, oh man, where there's one superhero, soon this place will be crawling with superheroes. Yeah, We're gonna yeah, yeah, get yeah. Thor. <laughs> Here he comes. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was pretty recent. So, uh, as far as I know, Miguel is still back in his own time. Um, although again, who knows, with the success of Spider-Verse, maybe they're gonna zap him back here again. Um, I think that's, like, part of the thing also is that, like, Miguel stayed, like, fairly popular, but the other 2099 concepts didn't, and it's like, well, it doesn't, like, we don't want to have, like, a whole book set in this universe that's just about Spider-Man. It's rude. So I guess we just bring him back here. Um, but who knows, maybe he'll get, uh, another book set in his own actual time. Um, who's to say? Anyways, did you have anything else you wanted to talk about? Um, I didn't read any comics, unfortunately. I did purchase some more comics. I did not get to purchase the Spider-Punk, uh, trade, uh, because I saw it at Barnes & Noble, and I was like, cool, I'm going to pick that up at my local comic shop, and then they didn't have it. And I'm very bad at asking people to do things that fall within their um, job description, and so I didn't even ask them to order it for me or anything. I'm just yeah. going to leave it on my list of things to get at some point in the future. I honestly, extremely relatable. Um have had that exact thing happen, um, have also been like, well, I don't want to ask this person to do the thing that's part of their job. Like, look, I'd love to give my local comic shop money way, way, way more than I would love to give Barnes & Noble money. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just... asking for things. Hard. Yeah, it, it is, it is, it is tough. It's freaking tough. Um... Did you read anything? I did read some things. Um, Sorry, I should actually... I should talk into the microphone when I'm saying this instead of, like, looking over my shoulder at my bed to see what comic books are on there. Um, I... Hang on. Okay. Um, I grabbed a couple... uh, The... I keep almost calling it Fear Itself. There's so many comic events with similar spooky names the night terrors like two shots are wrapping up this month so i got the robin and the flash ones um the robin one was cute it's just like oh it's 
Tim and Jason, and they're bonding, and they, they're I, supporting I'm each sus- other. I've subscribed to Tim Drake Robin, and somehow through that, they put the Robin Night Terrors in my subscription box, and I'm like, oh, well, I'm nice. not gonna say no. Um, and I also grabbed the, uh, second issue of World's Finest Teen Titans. I only got one cover this time, so... Proud of you. Yeah. Um... But also, it's the uh, Doc Shaner Donna costume variant. So now I'm a little bit like, oh, if I don't get all the costume variants, am I going to be upset? Um, But uh, it continues to be um, incredibly cute, incredibly made for me. Um, There's a bunch of Garth in this issue, which I think is really fun. because Garth has, like, always been the one of the OG Titans who, like, kind of has been the least fleshed out historically. Um, so I love when uh, books, like, actually do something with him. Um, and this also featured an appearance uh, from Lilith and Gnark of oh. all... Yeah, Gnark. <laughs> All right. <laughs> of all, like, classic Teen Titans characters to show up in 2023, my boy Cave Teen Gnark is here. Uh, I love to see him. I love to see him. I truly could not believe it. Um, so honestly, series worth it just for that. Um, 100%. Excited to keep reading it. Um, but I think that was all that I had. Um, I'm trying to, uh, apparently there's been some weirdness happening, um, around, I mean, when isn't there, um, some weirdness in, uh, the DC movie-verse where, uh, Gal Gadot, like, did an interview saying that, like, oh, yeah, like, Wonder Woman 3 is back on the table. Um, and then James Gunn was like, I did not fucking say that. (laughs) Um, so, who knows what's happening over there. Uh, best of luck to everyone involved. Um, but I think that was all that I had. Uh, so if you would like to keep up with us, um, you can follow us online on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, Facebook, at Capes and Japes. You can send us an email to capesandjapes at gmail.com. Um, we have a Discord server, which is uh, <laughs> where I heard about this whack Wonder Woman situation. Uh, so feel free to come join us on there and maybe hear about more whack news um, or normal news. Who's to say? Um, we have a Patreon. If you want to support us on there, you can get bonus content, watch stuff with us, help us pick what we talk about. Um, if you can't do that, but you want to help out the show another way, uh, leaving a rating and review is very cool. Telling a friend about the show. If you have a friend who likes Spider-Verse and wants to know more about the various characters involved, that is an option. Um, 
and just coming back and joining us as you've done once again today. So thank you for being with us for this episode of Capes and Japes. I have been Olivia. And I have been Briar. And as always, kiss me sexy Batman. Kiss me sexy Batman.